Visible is a wireless carrier that is not invisible. It is pretty clear from the name, actually, radio waves are invisible. And I can say this with authority as a licensed amateur radio operator. That being said, Visible won't be giving you the power to see light outside the visible spectrum. It's actually way better because having that ability would make getting around very difficult and distracting. What you do get with Visible is unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. You get one line of wireless, just $25 a month, which is great in these times of economic uncertainty. That is one line for $25, taxes and fees included. So whatever you're doing at this moment, please stop. Switch immediately. Now, monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Wir gerne sehen in was ist los. It's dein Freundo, Seth. I'm learning German. Yeah, in case you didn't know what that was. That is me trying to impress you with the little German that I know. Right now, I am actually learning German. I took it in high school. I goofed off the entire time. I did some other language learning apps. They taught me things like where the taxi stand is and how to find a bus, um, but not a lot of conversational uh German. Thankfully, that's what Babbel is all about. Babbel teaches you language conversationally, which let's face it, that is what you want to know anyway. I don't know. When I was in school, you learned like how to count. You learned like the colors. You learned the shapes. Those are all important things, but they don't help you when you're in uh, like Cologne, Germany with Ein Nierenstein, which by the way is German for kidney stone, uh, an experience I can unfortunately speak personally to. But I've been using Babbel to learn to speak German again, uh, better than I have before. I actually really like it because it is conversational. It's a little bit more relaxed. One of the things that it does that I really like is it'll sometimes show you what the literal English translation is. And I don't know why, but I find that very helpful in sort of understanding the structure, the grammar of a language and sort of putting myself into that mind space. Since I'm only in Germany for Gamescom, which is like a week, week and a half, I'm not immersed in the German language. I'm not immersed in German culture. So what I do is the second best thing. I'm taking Babbel. Hopefully this year when I go to Germany, I'll be able to impress all the Germans with how much German I know from learning through Babbel. The app has pronunciation recognition, so you'll be able to learn how to speak better with your accent, how to actually properly pronounce the words. That way you won't get made fun of by a, a group of older German men because you said Apfelstrudel and not Apfelstrudel. Um, no, it's really cool. Uh, I'm going to say right now there is a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now you can get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners because you guys are the best ones, by the way, at babbel.com slash realm. Get 60% off at babbel.com slash realm. That is spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash realm. Rules and restrictions may apply. This episode is brought to you by Gamefly, the best way to rent or buy your favorite games. Listen! Welcome to Nintendo Voice Chat, IGN's Nintendo Podcast. My name is Philip Mewson, and today I'm joined by Per Schneider, hey. Brian Altano, Bra and Lily Zaldivar. Yay! 
I got it right this time. <laughs> Rejoice. Shut it down. A plus show, and we We're are done. done. Thank Nailed you, it. Flip. Sweet. Thank you guys very much. Very happy to have you all here. How's everyone doing this week? Well, great. Uh, good. Real good. Happy cool. Valentine's Day. Happy belated Valentine's Day, because this will be on to mm-hmm. Friday, actually. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's and true. So. My wife is away. Oh. <laughs> oh. She'll be back tomorrow. Yes. Oh, that's good. Yesterday. For you or tomorrow or last week if you're watching this. So you're celebrating <laughs> right a late Valentine's Day? Then? That's right. Yeah. Very smart. We'll, be, uh, we'll go out to dinner somewhere nice. Cool. Well, yeah. we are we are filming a little earlier in the week, so we uh, we do have a little bit of lighter news, but there's still lots to talk about. Before we get into all that stuff, though, I want to talk about some stuff that happened to Brian in particular. Brian, Aww. let's let's hear this this story. Something happened with your Switch and your yeah. saves, apparently. Yeah. Where's the Switch? I didn't bring it to work. Well, you have the Switch, though, right? I have my Switch. Still intact. It's still intact. Okay. But what, what, what are you playing missing? on your Switch? Uh, okay, so long story short, uh, a couple of months ago, and I, I, you know, obviously, you guys all know, I love my Nintendo Switch. It's one of my favorite systems of all time. I uh, play literally every game on it. I travel with it everywhere. Last year was a pretty tough year for me personally. I brought it on airplanes, I think, 50 times. Yeah. You know, just flew everywhere with it. I love my Switch. At some point... In the late fall last year, my switch stopped connecting to my dock. I remember that. Yeah. Right. So it still worked in handheld mode. Uh, it just stopped connecting to my dock. And I don't know if it was because I uh, use a dock at work and then two at home or that I had tried it with a like a third-party dock or two. Like never more than like just an hour or so just like or even for just a quick video. But at some point, that USB-C connection down there that speaks to uh, the dock and communicates to your TV so you can play on your TV stopped working. Mm. So I contacted Nintendo customer support. They were incredibly cool on the phone at a long time conversation with somebody who said like try it out like this try it out like this i tweeted about it uh asked other people had ever if they've ever been through anything like this and a bunch of people said they had they said try like holding it down for this long or resetting it or kicking it you know everybody has their own little tutorials wrap a towel around it get it all heated up yeah right yeah all that fun stuff um didn't work it still worked in handheld mode so a big part of me was like okay i'm still going to keep traveling with it i'll take care of this when i have to uh march is when the switch is turning one so that's the end of the sort of one year warranty uh quick psa for those of you who have broken switches you have a couple <laughs> weeks to get that fixed so i contacted nintendo customer support they said i explained to them my situation i was like i use it for work what can you do um, I, I will you know pay for shipping whatever it needs i want to make sure that like all of my save files are intact because i know that when a nintendo switch even though it's a fantastic system there's no way to actually back up your save files anywhere right uh, a couple months ago they slightly rectified that by making a situation where you could buy a second switch or obtain one and transfer your in- the soul of your switch to another one in its entirety but you um, need to have yep. but you need shit. two switches yeah. and trust me i'm so paranoid about this stuff that i actually went through the thing in my head where i was like buy a second switch on amazon and transfer it uh now that is a fine solution if you have $300 to throw in the sky. I don't think that's really a justifiable thing for anybody to really have to deal with. Nope. Um, but the reality is that the Nintendo Switch, like every other modern console uh, and PC or anything like that, does not have cloud saves. It does not have a way to back up your saves to your PC, to your smart, uh, to your SD card, to literally anything. So um, where that leaves you is that if your Switch gets stolen, which happened to Jonathan Dornbush, I believe he talked about that last week, yeah, right? right? Or if your Switch gets sent in for repairs and they can't fix it or anything like that or they can't save it, um, all of your hard work and progress in your video games is gone. Your purchases are not. 
you can that's re- tied to yeah. an account, so they yeah. they can restore that. Yeah. So uh, I was told over the phone with Nintendo customer support uh, that um, my Switch fi- save files would be okay because it seemed like it was something that would be easy to fix. Now here's the thing: when you go to do that system transfer from Switch to Switch, that is done through the USB C port on the base of your Switch. So when that's oh. borked, mm-hmm. you're screwed. Uh, um, and I didn't that. know this, right? Oh, and yeah. so. Again, I'm I, I have nothing but good things to say about Nintendo customer support. If you've ever dealt with them for any of your systems, which I know many of you have, um, you've probably realized that a they are they're usually free. They are incredibly quick. Um, they are honest, wonderful people on the phone. Just really, really nice. So I've not a bad word in the world to say about them. The issue here is an issue for the system itself where it is incapable of sort of backing up saves in any capacity. So I got an email from Nintendo right after walking out of a very positive, very high energy Nintendo yeah, voice chat reporting that. two weeks ago. Yep. Uh, that balloon got popped real quick. <laughs> Greetings from Nintendo. Thank you very much for continuing to choose Nintendo. We'd like to inform you of the following. Your repair is currently in process and we'll ship back to you within a few days. Uh, for the interest of honesty, I sent them my switch on a Monday. I got it back. On a Friday. Oh wow! So oh, wow, really phenomenal, fast. just yeah. like incredible. Yeah. yeah. Um, we have inspected Nintendo Switch system, serial number blank. Who cares? That was sent to us for repair, and found that the issue has made some of the information on the system unreadable. Heart skipped the beat right there. <laughs> As a result, the save data settings and links with any Nintendo accounts on your system were unable to be preserved. Please note that the actual Nintendo accounts were not erased, meaning that it's still possible to re-download any software, titles, or add-on content purchased on the Nintendo eShop. So that's a mini roller coaster. What it really comes down to is your DLC, your purchases, all that stuff, good to go. Your saves, gone. Goodbye. Oh, um, boy. And I tweeted this out, and the responses were mostly people kind of understanding. Obviously, you have a bunch of people who use it as an opportunity to jump on and say, should have bought a PS4, bro. And I'm like, I know. I'm on Podcast Beyond. I have one of those. <laughs> I have a day one Xbox. I have a PC. I got everything. I'm good. We're there. Play Don't worry. PS4 on your plane ride. I'm on your side. Show me where I can play Mario and Zelda on those, and then we'll have a real conversation. No, but you, um, you bring up an excellent point, yeah. Ryan. I mean, like, it's been almost a year since, you know, the Switch has been released and we still have um we don't have a cloud save option yeah you know we don't have a way to preserve our saves in case something like this does happen to one of us so that's it's very concerning for me i'm a little worried about it but um you know obviously they're working on something out there. yeah and there's a silver lining like you can obviously re-download your games um you haven't lost your dlc or any of your downloads no so we're okay can, there you, know, you yeah. can access master mode but uh, your all your shrines are gone, and your right. seeds are gone, yeah, and right. all of your you know everything in yeah. in Galaxy is gone or Odyssey, and so um, it's heartbreaking because if this was a home console and and sort of the amount of wear and tear that could happen to it would be limited, um, I wouldn't mind as much. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it would still suck not to justify this by any means because I think this is a massive problem. It's such a big problem that when they had their investor meeting a couple weeks ago, investors where they announced their online plans for for this fall, where they're charging people for online. Uh, which, by the way, Sony does, and through that price, you actually do access cloud saves. That's right. one of the things you pay for at right. PlayStation I mean, Plus. maybe they might do that. I mean, we don't know what online is. I hope them, so. so. I hope so, because right now, um, and I'm a huge Nintendo fan. You guys know that. Uh, right now, I don't really see a justifiable reason to pay for online. Um, but investors got on that call. One specifically was just like, what's up with the cloud saves, dude? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He ordered it differently. Yeah. But um <laughs> it's definitely it's definitely something that investors care about, that gamers care about, that yeah. it's the missing piece and something that is otherwise such an incredible 
piece of tech and bringing it everywhere. You know, it does bring on some wear and tear, like bring it. The, the commercial shows you putting it in different docks. And mm. I don't know if this was like it touched a third party dock for 10 minutes or whatever it is. <laughs> it just kind of sucks. Zombie dock. Yeah. yeah. I mean, look, the. The confounding part here is that there is that bottleneck of the USB-C port because the the thing obviously has a you can you have data that can be stored and removed right, right? Yeah. so I don't even understand how there isn't a an application for um for the Nintendo repair folks to back up exactly like that. and that's that's really weird to me that's the thing I really want to reiterate to people who you know responded to that tweet in a sort of like well this is on you to fix that or people who just don't really understand like kind of pie in the sky how this stuff works but yes you literally cannot take out your micro SD card, plug it into an SD card reader, shove it into your PC and Mac and back up your data. Mm-hmm. And you can also, you can't upload it to a cloud and re-download it like you can with other systems. Like not to play console wars here, but my PS4 at home, I can play a game, put my PS4 to sleep, wake up in the morning, come to work, turn on the PS4 at my desk and download like my right. Bloodborne yeah. save yeah. file yeah. and then jump into a room and do a let's play. And um, it's, it sucks, man. Like it's yeah. like yeah. it's just debilitating. Like it just like really knocked the the kind of like excitement and energy I have for this system out. And for a lot of these games, like it's sort of tainted. And I know like I get to replay them all now, and that's yeah, yeah. But great. Even that, but like just the excitement isn't there. Like when you did it in the beginning, I like if I could yeah. re- if I had to replay Zelda, a part of me doesn't feel excited. It feels like, oh God, I have to do this all over well, again. Well, it's also, I think, I think what what's different than, uh, say, I don't know, rewatching a movie, rereading a book, is that games in 2018 and beyond are such specifically personal things. Right. In that the world that I was handed in Minecraft, that I then carved and shaped to my own liking, is is one I can't recreate from memory ever again. The hero's path I walked in Zelda. Is, is something I would never, ever be able to do. I mean, I saw people, there was a guy that got his framed and it's just like cool looking. And it's like, mm-hmm. this is my personal journey through this game. Mm-hmm. Like the way I upgraded my armor and the, the, the horse I had, all the cool things that you do in those games, the, um, the dreadful memories I have of beating the bound ball races in Mario yeah. Odyssey. I don't want to redo those, you know, it's like they are such deeply personal things. Your Stardew Valley farm, your, your, you know, your Terraria town, all those things now. Are so, it's so much different than just like typing in a password for Metroid and, and fighting, you know, being Justin Bailey or whatever. Like it's such a different time now. And so it's so much more important than ever before that this gets fixed. And so A, uh, if you're listening, um, this could happen to you. I saw it happen to people that, uh, their joy cons. This could happen to you. Yeah. yeah I, I no. don't want to scare you, but <laughs> yeah, straight up this can. I, I saw people in my replies saying that they had a joy con issue and, uh, this, they sent it in and the same thing happened. And it's like the Joy-Cons literally detached from the system. There's no reason for this to happen. Yeah, but this also means that instead of like, they, they obviously weren't able to just replace your port. No. Right? Like nope. they either say, hey, we're not going to bother. This is unfixable. Send them a new system. Right? Right. Or, or like there's something, you know, like they, I, I figured they would try hard to preserve the brains of your machine in the storage. Yeah. And just replace a part. But maybe, maybe it's just hard with these USB-C ports like you have to seriously yeah i don't, and, I don't know so, like, it's really interesting N- N- nintendo like from from the bottom of our damn hearts like <laughs> please 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 
get on this. Yes. Like this is yeah. this is so much more important than I, I would say almost anything else. Like yeah. the, it, all the games coming in the world are fantastic, but the idea of losing progress in all of them, especially when stuff like Animal Crossing, Smash Brothers come out. Animal Crossing is such a deeply personal game. Down yeah. to that, you are you are designing your T-shirts, you're giving characters in town catchphrases. The idea of losing all of that and having Scary. to restart it, it's terrifying. Yeah. So please. Please, please fix this. Yep. I know, like, I'm just one dude on a show and I'm stupid, but uh, this is so important. No, it's a, it's a huge problem. You're, yeah. You hit it right on the nose. Um, you, Nintendo definitely needs to kick it into gear with the cloud saves because mm-hmm. you're not the only person to go through this. I yeah. Mean, the third-party doc that you were using, um, you know, a lot of other people experience those same exact issues. Sure. Um, so, you know, just be careful what you're plugging into the bottom of your Switch, uh, people, because it could <laughs> potentially ruin it. But, um, yeah, my, my Twitter at replies turned into, like, this weird war-slash-support group of people being like... <laughs> we're here for there's, you. There's but- a lot of weird... <laughs> Weird third-party docs out there that are spawning from like smaller companies yeah. too. Like there was that big controversy with the Spans doc. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys remember that. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. At, at the very least, I mean, develop software to let you take out the SD card yeah. and back mm-hmm. it up somewhere else, right? So that and it I can think, be recovered. You know, third-party docs are not solution. people are were having it happen to them with dead pixels and broken Joy Cons. So even if you only use official stuff, there is still no system. I mean, I think. It shouldn't really be on the consumer to navigate this minefield of Mm -hmm. peripherals and problems that come inherently with hardware. We saw when the Switch launched, there were a a litany of issues that slowly got sort of like quietly hammered out. but it's this is this is absolutely a problem and yep, it needs to be totally. fixed and so anyone, just be mindful of it you know anyone out there pour pour one out for Brian and Jonathan saves I was going to get Never a forty forget. ounce to dump out on this show like Never a Tupac forget. Kinda, <laughs> oh well you know. well in other news um, the E three two thousand eighteen preliminary show floor plans have been unveiled so we got a quick look at what E three is going to look like this year essentially so I think we do have a photo of it hopefully we can get that up on the screen but. Uh, I'm just going to keep talking. Apparently, uh, Sony has the biggest booth this year, which is similar. There it is right there. Um, so for those of you watching the video podcast, we can see that Sony has probably the biggest booth uh, of the show. Mm-hmm. And then Nintendo, of course, right next to Sony. Um, and they're in the same hall as they were last year right, right. as yeah, well. It looks, yeah. it looks the exact same as the one last year, except NVIDIA isn't next to Nintendo this time. They're mm-hmm. farther away, mm-hmm. which might say a lot because I think last year the whole show floor for Nintendo was completely taken over. Oh, yeah. So I'm assuming that NVIDIA was like, yeah, we're just going to move to the complete opposite end right. of uh, where so Nintendo the, is nowhere near us. Yeah. So, I mean, to me, this is funny because I see this map super, super early. Yeah. And I'm not allowed to share it with you guys because we have to pick our, our floor uh, right. spot, right? Like, and by the way, the bigger the booth, the earlier you are in the queue and you get uh, first rights of refusal. If you're, um, a software maker in the ESA, we're a media company, right? We're actually like our booth is, uh, I think right next to, uh, on the left side of Big Ben Interactive, that, that little, uh, that green square there near Nintendo. Oh, cool. Um, and so I've seen this, uh, this floor plan and it, it, people move around too mm-hmm. you know nvidia was in a different spot before focus home that's where our booth was last year and it got it was actually two booths next to each other right um this is pretty 
you know, like when you look at the floor every year, this is pretty standard stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was like gonna this kind of split. And I was gonna point out to people that it's it, the Nintendo stuff is shorter shaped like the the Waluigi L. Yeah, it's like the backwards upside Wah. down. Wah. Um, and the area in the upper right is all press area, so that's yeah. basically quartered off to press. It's private. It's appointment only. The main big pink rectangle there is uh Nintendo's booth that's open to the public. And the last two years, it's been dedicated specifically to one game. Last year, Odyssey. The year before, Breath of the Wild. So had, I wonder what they'll do this year. They yeah. had um, – this year, they also had um, competitive um, – so like the, right, right, right. the bottom half of Nintendo's booth was like where the fire lane is. Like the bottom half of that was like Splatoon, Odyssey, like all of the demos that you could play. Mm-hmm. And then the top half um, was – Oh yay! Thank you, House. <laughs> so the, the top half was um, where Arms was, where right. they did like the open invitational, yep. like yeah. where stage, they had the, right? the yeah. stage. Yeah. So I'm hoping they do that again because it seems like they've been very much on their like Nintendo versus Twitter, like announcing like, oh, we've partnered up with another Super Smash Bros. Yep. So I'm kind of hoping. They that also they bring that back. There's external stuff too. By the way, in the, the Sony booth is very open, right? Like yeah. rows and rows mm-hmm. of kiosks, sometimes just like, uh, two, uh, two kiosks with the same game, like lots of variety. And then they have these kind of closed off booths for some of the VR stuff around the corner. Nintendo setup is a little different where they have a, you know, a lot of kiosks dedicated to one mm-hmm. game yep. and then lines going around that whole booth on the outside. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm curious to see what they're going to have this year. But I definitely I, – I really hope that they bring back the stage. That was really cool because they yeah. were doing, like, competitions. Tournaments. Right? Yeah. Tournaments. Yeah. Yeah. Platoon from, like, eight different countries. And then they did uh, the Pokin tournament with, like, people who were professionals and then um, YouTube people. And the best part about it was that for the Pokin tournament and the ARMS tournament, the creators – and the producers came on and they like actually competed with the winner of right. that tournament. And it was so fun to watch people get wrecked. But, you know, that's just me being a fan. I, I mean, <laughs> I hope they hire the guy who came up with the fast, uh, fast pass in, uh, in Disneyland because standing <laughs> in, sitting in line for that long is needlessly, stupidly, like it's insane. Like, yeah. can't you pull a ticket and it says come back at three o'clock and you I get know. to play some, some games in the, PlayStation booth, like it, it really wasn't set up for the public last yeah. year. Yeah, I am excited to see what they, uh, what their booth is though, because right now we don't know what it's yeah. going to be. Mm-hmm. And last year, It'll be uh, we didn't even know it was going to be Odyssey. It was going to be what? It'll be Pokemon. Will it? I I'm kind think. of think. Oh, that'd be cool. Right. It's also Smash Bros. It's also I, worth adding that uh, they've extended the business hours for the entire show floor this year. Did you guys know that? Oh, oh wow. wow. Yeah. Have fun. That's that. awesome. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, it's a fun show. Yeah, I believe it goes seven on some nights instead of five. So, uh, and I think tickets went on sale this week. So, yeah. yeah. And, and if you've never been, uh, I mean, I guess last year was the first time for the public, but like mm-hmm. there's a, another big hall. You know, this was just the West Hall, if right? So, yeah. yeah. Uh, there's another hall with uh, with a lot of the third parties in it. Be- um, Microsoft is over there. Too. Some yeah. of whom mm-hmm. may have returned from last year who were externally. And then there's stuff there going is. out on, on the uh, outside. Um, you know, so Activision obviously back on the show floor. I wasn't sure if that was known or not, but here they are. Uh, and then uh, in between those halls, there are walkways with uh, some like smaller booths and activations and stuff. So th- yeah. there's a, a lot more than that one hall. Yeah, and if you've never been before, it is like genuinely a just magical place. Uh, this, I mean, this <laughs> this will be my tenth. Yep. Actually, won't I won't be at this one because I'm I'm having a kid. 
that week. So, wow. yeah. Bring the kid. I, that yeah. early? Bring the kid. We'll yeah. pour one out it's never for too you. early. Okay. I mean, they'll, yeah. they'll, we'll be, we'll be playing games. We'll be like, this one's for you, Brian. That's a good idea. There's, there'll be a lot of surprise announcements. announcements. I was thinking of doing, uh, maybe shooting a, a reaction video from my apartment and putting it in our awesome. live show. I think it'll be my 20th yeah. E3. Really? Yeah. Ready, huh? Oh my God. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's Jesus. awesome. 20? Yeah, I think so. How many have there been? Like 20 is this 22? So you you only skipped two? Yeah, so you I went to the so. weird ones in like Vegas? And I went in Atlanta. Oh my oh, God. Where, where electricity was gone Hot for one Atlanta. day. That was Oh, that's great. right. There was, was a power out. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's we, right. It's going to be my first. Oh, wow. There you go. Yep. That's oh. Andres, our, Andres. Yep, our new NBC producer. <laughs> Tune in next week when you hear Andres. Hey? There he is. What's up, Andres? <laughs> now, it's, uh, it is such a wonderful, magical place. And Nintendo's booth is always my favorite. It is like, especially the last few years, they've done more and more of, of making their booth feel like, I don't, it's just kind of like Disney magic. It's so Disneylandish. Yeah. yeah. Maybe they'll have a little Universal Studios vibe to it and like <gasps> celebrate that. You know, oh, yeah. like do some Mushroom Kingdom stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. Like it's, it's actually like it's so hard to predict because we don't know how far along games like Pokemon right. or, or Metroid or any of them are. And maybe there's a surprise, something yeah. new, just like Splatoon mm-hmm. was a huge surprise one year. And we're all like, what the hell is this weird paintball de blob game? Uh-huh, yeah, we don't really know what uh, if their booth will be dedicated to one single thing. I mean, oh. if it's Smash Brothers, the cool thing is it's you know it's dedicated to every Nintendo character, so mm. it'll just be this massive celebration of Nintendo. They can oh, that bring cool. That'd be really fun. Can bring everything in there. Um, and also what their what their sort of stream uh, live stream looks like, what their press conference slash um, event Nintendo event Real. thing looks like, you know. Yeah, uh, the last few years, there ha- it, it, a few years ago, it was live in the Nokia Theater, and then it just became the pre-taped thing that they showed yep. people. Um, Time to switch it up. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, but um, but speaking of yeah, speaking of Nintendo's booth and possibly making it look like some sort of universal attraction, uh, have you guys heard Miyamoto's comments on why they're partnering up with Illumination to make the Mario movie? No, have you guys heard about this at all? No, Do, uh, I have. Are, are you going to reenact them? For yes, us? I'm going to okay. literally reenact them for you. No, no, I'm I'm, I'm just kidding. Um, but this is actually really interesting stuff. I wanted to share it with you guys because um, I'm really interested in where this could eventually go. Um, because I think it could turn into something big. So this is from a recent investor Q&A, and this is literally quoting Miyamoto word for word. Um, he said, I have talked with all sorts of different movie directors and producers, and eventually I was introduced to Illumination via Universal Parks and Resorts, uh-huh. with whom we are developing theme park attractions. And then he goes on to say, when I talked to Chris, Chris is the CEO of Illumination, he said that he had read a lot of interviews with me and felt we had a similar approach to creation. Talking about our similarities, we clicked and decided we should do some kind of collaboration. We started our conversation over two years ago and finally reached the stage where we could make an announcement. So that, yeah, yeah. I think that's really, really fascinating because it tells us a lot of information. Um, So obviously... We know that Nintendo has been working on um, building some sort of a theme park with Universal Studios mm-hmm. or like a, a section, section, a section yeah. inside of Universal. Like the same with, you know, the Harry, Harry Potter, Potter yeah. Kingdom and the similar yeah. to that stuff. Um, Hogsmeade. Yeah. So it just totally makes so much sense to me that, you know, they're obviously partnering up with. <laughs> what else? Brian saying? really likes the term Hogsmeade. It's a great word. We've, how, we've been talking a lot, of, uh, a lot about pigs like in the yeah. last hour, <laughs> which is great, random, like before we started animal. filming. Right yeah. There. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's just for us. Mm-hmm. But, um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, it just totally makes sense to me. I mean, they're partnering with Illumination. Obviously, Illumination and Universal are 
you know, one t- together. They Illumination makes uh, amazing movies like Despicable Me. So it makes a lot of sense that Nintendo would partner up with such a trusted company. And Chris, this guy, the CEO, he has... Um, he's clicked with Miyamoto. They like each other a lot. It's They've gone publicly to say that. Um, so much so that they actually say that they have a very similar a similar style of creation. And I think that's very fascinating because there's no way that N- Nintendo would let a brand like Mario fall into the wrong hands or right. any one of their most Not valuable again. Yeah, <laughs> franchises. We don't want another Leguizamo incident. Exactly. Yeah, as much as I love John, no. Mm-hmm. You know, it can't happen again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, John, <laughs> if you're watching. But... um yeah, no. Or so Bob Hoskins he actually voices every character in this new movie, which I thought was bold. So, oh, does he? <laughs> no, no, that would be incredible. That would be incredible. Um, that would actually, I would really like an Easter egg if he was if he voiced like one Goomba. <laughs> ah. Yeah, but um, a little nod. He was a wasn't he the sloth in Ice Age or something? He was the Probably. clown he, yeah. in yeah. Spawn. Do you remember that? Oh God, yeah, yeah. God He's made some interesting choices in his career. I, Man, I'm yeah. excited for Miyamoto to speak <laughs> up, bring it, bring it all back in. Mm-hmm. I'm excited for this movie. Uh, everything that Miyamoto, uh, when he talks about it, it seems very positive and it seems like, um, they have their heads together on making this Mario movie, a like a bigger thing than what it, the old one used to be. Right. So I'm excited to see what more stuff, uh, he, you know, mentions in more press conference or what, uh, Chris says, what illumination might say if they even, um, Decide because I think right now they have four films that are in development that have release dates already. Mm-hmm. Maybe they might push two of those away because right now they have four movies and all of them go back all the way to 2020. So right now, I mean, that doesn't seem that far away if you like given with time, but maybe they might push two of those out and bring Mario movie in sooner. I, w- I feel right. like they'll just, they'll want it to coincide with the opening of the yeah. theme park. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah. What do you, uh, like, Lily? You're like a huge fan of animated films, and you, you just know this stuff front to back. Like, in, in terms of like the production cycle of all this, what do you think the odds of us getting like a, a working title or a still or key art or anything like that in the next year? Does that sound feasible? Uh, no. Oh, I, oh. I, shot that right out of the sky. <laughs> well, it, it doesn't seem feasible because right now they're still working on the script. Got so it. right now there isn't a title, there isn't even a poster, probably, unless they've decided all of that before even coming up with the idea of the movie Mm -hmm. so we have to wait on the script we have to wait on like casting any of that before you can even show anything because it would be jumping the gun if we saw even a working title you feel like this is a way way ways off yeah i mean uh production for for example uh pixar movie finding nemo took five years (laughs) um but, Long time to mm-hmm. find that yeah. fish. Kubo, <laughs> Kubo and the Two Strings it took five years as well, and that doesn't even include pre-production. Yeah, so right I noticed now, with the new Wreck-It Ralph, we got we got like a still like a month or two ago that you and I yeah. talked about, and that movie's out this fall, and we yeah. don't have a trailer yet. So yep. yeah, these so, things, yeah, these things take a while. I mean, it's the yep. same thing with The Incredibles. We only got a teaser in November, and yep. that was just a tiny snippet of what we're going to get t- tonight. Oh, yeah, there's a new um, trailer. And then we got a poster this week. Yeah, mm-hmm. three so, posters. And three they posters. were all just fascinating. All three of them are coincide together. But going back to Miyamoto and Illumination, I really don't think we're going to get anything. Like, I really want to be positive and be like, maybe we'll get this by 2020. Mm-hmm. But I think this will be a movie that we get in, like, 2021. Well, the park right. is supposed to open up in 2020, I believe, right? Is that oh. the, the date? I know that they could definitely be pushed it. back. Yeah. But they've been working on it for a little while now. 
Um, but I was just in Universal Studios. Like there wasn't, you couldn't see anything yet. There were walls, yeah. shielding stuff, but you couldn't see anything. In a, in they LA do a good job uh, in LA. I was looking I'm, in the LA one. I'm curious because since I, I grew up in LA and I like, I've been to Universal and I always think that place is so small to have anything else besides the stuff that they have currently. Mm. There's a huge fenced-in area yeah. where they're they're working on something new. That's so. awesome. That's awesome to hear because I was wondering. I was talking to Philip earlier before the show. I was like, "Where would this? Like, they, I highly doubt LA will even get one of they, these." They boot stuff all the time. It. I mean, they fit the whole Harry Potter thing in, right? Yeah. Uh, they don't have the expansion that Disneyland has, where they can just mow down some orange groves. What, what um, do you guys think is the likelihood of 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 the the theme park or the movie or something along those lines coinciding with a new game? I mean, we just a got a new Mario, Mario game. game. If they, I, you just can't predict it, but like that would be the ideal solution. Like that's the two, the, the true convergence, right? Yeah, like everything being, working together. Being able to do all three at once. And like, let's say the game and the movie have even the same title, like the, like, or the same theme. Mm-hmm. Like Super Mario Odyssey would have made for a cool movie story, movie, right? Well, yeah. And that's, that's the thing. I feel like, um, with the, the kind of the good news of us getting Zelda and Mario so early into the system's life is yep. that that it increases the chances of us getting multiple like sort of installments of those franchises on this thing. They've, they've been saying like not so secretly that they kind of expect a 10 year life cycle in Nintendo switch. Yeah. And I have a feeling, I mean, if you look at, if you look at even like the N64 got two got two Zelda games, right? Like a yeah. couple of them, there's a couple consoles here and there from Nintendo that end up getting two. And I think it's not unreasonable to expect that two or three years from now we could get another brand new market. I think so. I mean, I, yeah. to me, the Switch is more like the DS where you'll see different iterations of the hardware over time, right? Like, I mean, the 3DS and the new 3DS are iterations on the DS. Right. The Switch could go that same route. You could have many, many um, games from the same franchise mm-hmm. on that machine if they upgrade the hardware or change things. Or Mario is also... Yeah, Mario is also so many things to so many people, right? Like if for if you grew up in the '80s, he's like a 2D action platformer, and if yeah. you grew up in the '90s, he's a 3D action platformer. So uh, we have a 3D game now. You oh. know, maybe mm-hmm. we'll get a 2D one in three. Maybe who knows? Yeah, which would be weird for a 3D movie. I don't know. I, I want, want more Mario. So I want to see a Luigi's Haunted Mansion ride. Yes. Sorry, I'm yeah. just, I'm no, I'm about it, all over that. Yeah. And then I want the marvelous misadventures of Wario and Waluigi, the TV show. Mm. Illumination, get yeah. on that, please. They're yeah. right now. Universal is all in <laughs> with, with Haunted right. Mansion. That's their Walking Dead, basically, right? Right. The attraction and yeah. the Mummy ride on top of that. Yeah. But I, I think they're oh, starting yeah, with just the kind of like clean Mushroom Kingdom stuff um, for the theme park. Um, but oh. Luigi's Mansion would be awesome. I want a like, Donkey like Kong a Disney style. I, just think I want that... a I want a Donkey Kong minecart ride. Yes. <laughs> yes, yes, that would be awesome. <laughs> like something where you actually have to do it yourself. Mm-hmm. Like, that would be cool too. Any anything like that, just taking elements from those games and putting them in as rides makes so much sense. You know what would be awesome is mm-hmm. being on one of those rides and you drive into like what looks like darkness and there's a barrel and you go into it and it shoots you out into an. Oh island. my god! <laughs> and they you want them to do that stuff? to you? Yeah. I, yeah, but it's all on a track that you can't see. Yeah. You know, trick me. I'm that stupid. would be cool. Or they could replace Waterworld and do the Mario stunt show. Yeah. Oh. yeah. Everybody blows up and Bowser flies in with a Zeppelin. That's a, yeah, that's a really good idea. Uh, Real, no, that, that thing never replaced that. It's awesome. Real quick, I love, though. I love Waterworld. <laughs> just, to, just to finish off on the on the whole Mario movie thing, um, you know, I think that if this movie does well, we could see potential, like, other Nintendo movies coming out of this. We could see, um, you know, a Donkey Kong movie, for instance. Maybe we could see a Metroid movie. Maybe we could see a Zelda movie. Mm-hmm. Um, all leading up, building this cinematic universe. Maybe one day we could even see a Super Smash Brothers movie. Who yeah. knows? Well, John 
Wu was supposed to make a Metroid movie. That was for, in in development, right? Yeah. And it, it just fell apart, right? So, yeah. <sighs> I mean, it's all it's you know it's all sort of up there right now. Uh, we don't know, but it, it, I think it there's all potential. It all depends yeah. on this Mario movie. Let's see yeah. how this does. The untitled Mario movie. Pikmin you know, could you know who absolutely I want? Yeah. clean up too. You know who I want to make Metroid? Oh, yeah. Neil Blomkamp. Oh yeah. Oh, he could, he could yes. do that. Right? I want like yeah. this. Just miserably gritty, she, dystopian. She crash lands on a South African uh, planet. Yeah, and like all of her attachments <laughs> and everything and new suit upgrades are just violent and visceral. Yeah, yeah just horrible. Cool. I yeah. want Luigi's Mansion to be done by Jason Blum. I want yeah. it to be so horrifying. <laughs> okay. I, yeah, I'm, I'm into that. I'm totally into that. Cool. The darkness. All right. Well, mm-hmm. uh, in further news, um, just real quick. There were Pearl and, Ami- and Marina Amiibos announced this uh, just a few days ago, actually, which is awesome. We're getting more Splatoon Amiibos. It's cool. They haven't announced what their actual functionality is going to be. They come in a two-matter set. Yeah. Um, yeah. They're so cute, Their though. functionality is to go like this. Yeah, right. No. Staying yep. off the hook. Do, the, like, um, do they come with turntables? Huh? No. I no. Think oh, that'd amiibo. be so cool. What a miss. Yep. Yeah. yeah. What do you what do you think like just real quick Lily I want your take on what you think they could possibly unlock in Splatoon 2 That's the thing like I don't know because <laughs> to me all I can think of is maybe we'll get new gear Yeah that comes with it or like their outfits mm-hmm. that's a possibility I'm kind of hoping that maybe the Marina one will let you have the hairstyle of like an Octoling because I know a lot of people have asked for that Yeah so that would Maybe. be really cool. But so know, those, those I, are the only things I can think of. Have you guys seen a store display for Amiibos in the last like three or four months? I have. It's bleak. <laughs> it was ra- like the it one is. I saw it at Best Buy. It was rated except for they were like Daisy was, and Lottie. It was Blue Link with his bow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey, I saw like 200 Lottie, I guess her name is, from Animal Crossing. Oh, yeah. yeah I think they really, they bet hard on The on Animal her. Crossing ones that are like, they did not fly off the shelf. I think that's, that, that kind of, that was the first, aside from be, almost being impossible to find. That's the first major speed bump for Amiibo. Yeah. It's just like I was all in on getting all of them and then it got to that and I was like, he lost me. With the differentiation the, yeah, was body. gone between those characters. Like I I think I don't think that many people said I need all of them, whereas with Smash Brothers is this it's this like tour through the world of Nintendo. Yeah. Um yeah, we brought in the uh you know, here are, are the uh two of the old um Splatoon uh, amiibo, obviously. I, I think it'll be very simple, you know, same approach to the other amiibo where you scan them at that little kiosk and, mm-hmm. and uh, you know you, Oh you can take pictures with them you too. You can take yeah. pictures and maybe you'll get one set of stuff that unlocks over yeah. time as you use them. But uh I mean it's great that they're continuing the this I I was having amiibo withdrawals and then we got Detective Pikachu a bigger amiibo, not the standard size, and and yeah. these two. So, um, I still am trying to find the good. Yoshi Woolly World, the bigger one that I can hug and hold. You I, have it. I, see I it have somewhere. one, but I had to, I got it off eBay. I ignored it when it first yeah. came out. Like, oh yeah, well, aren't yeah. The, they stopped making those? Right? Are those yeah. rare? Yeah, yep. it's really yeah. hard to find. But I am excited for the Pearl and Marina ones. I think it's well deserved. I think they finally made them because the game has gotten so popular. And like with the starter Huge pack, right? Like yeah. yeah. The starter pack got announced and I right. mean I'm a little bit envious of that. Mm-hmm. Just a little bit. <laughs> just cause so you want you can just like pretend you never played Splatoon by the starter pack and start yeah. from scratch. Yeah, right again. Just for the stickers. Yeah. <laughs> or you can play Splatoon on my Switch. So so, <laughs> so what you were referring referencing for people who, who didn't know, there's just a, a new 
a, a refreshed package of Splatoon on store shelves that's basically – that is replacing the baseline SKU that we bought, right? Which yeah. was just a, a game-only SKU. This one has the guidebook. Is that right? Right. It and has, stickers. Yeah. 100-page Splatoon 2 strategy guide and two sheets of Splatoon stickers. Really? That yep. makes you – that gets you this riled up? You, oh, it's really? the stickers, right? Yeah. It's, the stickers? it's just the stickers. I just want yeah. stickers. <laughs> the, I don't understand the 100-page strategy guide to be – quite frank with you guys uh i don't i like i learned how to play splatoon just by playing it yeah so i don't really know what the strategy guide is going to tell you besides this is what this so, gun does well it's a single player yeah. just where all the secrets are yeah, yeah. okay yeah, yeah i can so, see that yeah I, this package to me sounds like it's made for kids yeah, yeah. Right? like no offense but like stickers that's usually mm-hmm. the go-to for any parent when they don't know <laughs> what to get kid their kid heart. <laughs> i want some stickers <laughs> thank you for shopping at trader joe's <laughs> well, that's coming out on March 16th, which is actually the same day that Kirby Star Allies is coming out. Oh, right. So, yeah. Yeah. Right yeah. Up magic. I forgot that's so close. That's really awesome. Yeah. Very, I, very, very close. I am excited for this starter guide for or starter edition for the kids as well, just because uh, I think they're trying to um, go above and beyond what Splatoon won, like the amount of people that came in for that game. I think they're trying to like up it and be like, yeah, this is how many people we've gotten for Splatoon 2, let's start Splatoon 3. So you know, pub- publishers' old dirty trick for re-releasing some games that are, are working well is to make the packages bigger, right? Like in mm-hmm. traditional retail, it still matters when something is bigger on the shelf. And some of these special editions, even if it is the same price and it just has a little book in it, it's big. You'll yeah. see it and your eye goes to it. Do you know who absolutely loves Splatoon? Not to everybody, like, anybody. Uh, PlayStation's Shuhei Yoshida. Really? <laughs> I'm, I'm friends with him on Switch. Yeah. He has put like hundreds of hours into that game. That's like, amazing. Yeah, really, really, really in a Splatoon. Super cool to see that. Yeah. I, you probably saw him pop up at a bunch of Switch events. There was the one where he was wearing what looked like a trench coat and he was taking pictures and everyone was like, is he like an undercover cop? Like what's going he's on? He's always here? very gracious at acknowledging when other companies awesome. do something well, right? Yeah. And like, I guess he's in the position too with the PlayStation doing well out there. Um, but I've seen that, uh, across like Xbox too, acknowledging the competition when something great happens. I really it's like that. cool to see. Man. It's such a warm thing. I, I yeah. feel like the audience we can all learn from that basically yep. you know i mean we all get into sort of like little console wars but when you see the the big wigs at these company kind of do the do the group hug thing it's just really sweet it's surprising yeah. that he's such a like a switch fan i know but at the same time doesn't want to let us cross play together with playstation 4 and stuff mm-hmm. like that i know it's more than we'll just him, him I, I don't think that's his choice i know I think there are I know. ecosystem challenges but maybe maybe see, now we're getting one. into console war stuff yeah, i can't yeah. change my name either if you hey what's going on with that that's yeah. hey that's a different podcast can't back up my saves. <laughs> yeah. What's going on? Yeah, Poopy Lover 19 here really wants to change his handle. <laughs> I don't love Poopy that much anymore. I really got to change that name. It was a phase. I only like it now. <laughs> okay, all right. It's well, been a long time since then. Thank you very much, Lily and Pear, for joining us Welcome. for the first half of NVC. And we will be returning with um, Tom Marks and Sam Claiborne. All right. Awesome. Stay See tuned. This episode is brought to you by Gamefly, the best way to rent or buy your favorite games. It's gotten increasingly difficult to try games before you buy them, but Gamefly lets you take your pick from a library of over 9,000 titles, including the biggest new releases like Super Mario Odyssey, NBA 2K18, Fire Emblem Warriors, and many, many more. Gamefly will ship these games to you, and you can keep them as long as you want. There are no late fees or due dates, and shipping is always free. 
This breaks down to as little as 54 cents a day. So ask yourself, how many moons can you find in Super Mario Odyssey for 54 cents a day? Oh, and you don't even have to leave the house. The games come right to you. And hey, they rent movies too. Normally, a Gamefly trial lets you only check out one game at a time, but if you head to Gamefly.com slash voice chat, you can sign up for a free premium 30-day trial that lets you check out two games or movies at a time. Try it out today at Gamefly.com slash voice chat. Welcome back to part two of Nintendo Voice Chat. Thank you guys very much for coming back, and we're here with Ah, Tom Marks. How did we get here? Ah, I don't know. And Sam Claiborne. And here Brian Altano, of course. Here, yeah. Yes, he's still been here. Good. It's been real good watching you guys materialize. Did you materialize. see what happened? Um, <laughs> just closed my eyes and suddenly I'm on a set. Bing! Oh my god. Well, yeah, I, well what happened was I took a, a bow tie and a mustache and I placed <laughs> them on a chair and I poured water over them. And over the course <laughs> of 20 minutes, they grew into adult men. So <laughs> it's pretty amazing. those little like, pellet <laughs> things. You just dropped us in a glass of water. Perfect. Yeah. yeah. Hi, Worst guys. toys. <laughs> oh boy. Well, yes, I brought Tom and Sam here to both speak about two very, very cool things that are happening this week. Um, Faye is coming out this week and Tom is our reviewer for Faye. So we're going to be speaking a little bit about that as well as the Super NT mm-hmm. and Sam is our reviewer for that. That's right. Which mm-hmm. is very cool. Darn tootin', as they say. <laughs> yeah. There's, the there are a ton of games, like a ton of stuff coming out this week. Um, but our pick of the week, cause we have a pick of the week every week here on NBC. Um, is Bayonetta 2. Now that game is out today on Friday. Oh wow. Yes. So it's very, very, uh, it's cool. It's awesome. I, I reviewed it. I gave it a 9.5. Or I'm sorry, I gave it a 9. Excuse me. Whoo. Our last reviewer gave it a 9.5. Yeah. So, um, I think it's an amazing game. I mean, it runs well on the Switch. Yeah. It runs incredibly well on Switch. It's not a locked 60 frames per second, but it's way more steady than what I found was on Wii U. Sure. Yeah. So I really enjoy it. I love having it on Switch because obviously now it's portable, but at the same time, it's not, um, there aren't too many new features for returning players. Like, obviously, we have things like... Uh, well, a morph ball, but that's yeah. not, I guess that's not new, right? No, no, no. So these <laughs> costumes were available in the Wii U version of the game. So, mm-hmm. But they were available only through, like, the in-game currency, which is called Halos. Oh. And it would cost so so much, like, so many Halos, so much money. But now you um, can just start the game with them? Yeah, so essentially, uh, oh, once, cool. you, once you clear, like, the first uh, chapter, I believe, in the game, uh, you're able to use Amiibo right away. And so you can oh, use yeah. the corresponding amiibo if you have a Samus amiibo. Uh, okay. That gives you the costume right there. And then obviously any Legend of Zelda amiibo will unlock the Link costume, which is another one that's really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so awesome to, yeah. look, to look at. I know. It, it seems to function and look exactly like I remember. It's so cool. Doing. Yeah. yeah. Um, I said a couple weeks ago on this show, I made a mistake and I said that this didn't sell very well. It actually sold pretty well on Wii U. But that being said, uh, the Switch has obviously eclipsed the sales of that system. So it's really cool to see this get a second life. Uh, it's Part of the small family of Wii U games that I think people really wanted to see come over. And I'm surprised this happened so quickly. Like, we only heard about this game at the Game Awards, uh, along with the announcement for the sequel. And now it's already out and you can play it. So that rules. And the first game's there too, right? Yeah, yeah. So if you buy um, Bayonetta 2, you can get Bayonetta 1 for free. Or they're sold separately as well. Um, Bayonetta 2 is $50, I believe, uh, digital and physical. And then if you buy that, you get a code for Bayonetta 1. Um, or you can buy it by itself for $30. Cool. So yeah, it's it's cool. I mean, obviously, if you're a huge Bayonetta fan, I recommend picking it up because this is the, uh, in my opinion, the definitive version of the game to have. But the reason I, I gave it uh, 0.5 lower than what Jose gave uh, Bayonetta 2 on Wii U was just because there 
um, there wasn't enough new things added to this version of the game. I mm-hmm. felt like they had enough time um, to do more with it. Like a Wario costume? Exactly. Like, just add some fun some fun things. Like, they're, um, you know, they didn't have any sort of split-screen options for it, which would have been pretty cool. Um, stuff like that. More costumes would have been nice. More weapons would have been nice. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe some bonus levels. Some bonus, like, witch hunt levels or something like that. Sure, but, yeah. yeah. Anything. It wasn't in the game. So, I, I still think it's worth picking up. But definitely a trend I'm seeing here where it's like, hey, things that might not have worked out on Wii U just because the install uh, was so small, the install base for that system was so small that that those things will probably all end up on Switch. Oh, yeah. I hope Wind Waker does and and other things that are kind of locked on the same. Yeah, the Wind Waker HD is a phenomenal game and I really hope that makes it over. Yeah, I'm with you, man. I think that like when a bunch of stuff from Wii U has slowly trickled out on a Switch and it's nice when there's an incentive there. Um, to repurchase it because there is some new stuff. I mm-hmm. think Mario Kart with, with Battle Mode was, yep. was pretty sweet about that. Um, and it would have been nice to see a little bit more here. That said, um, there's really nothing like this game on Switch right now in terms of like a just hardcore action game. Totally. Um, you get, I mean, there's some stuff that's kind of 2D, but in terms of like the, the, the 3D, like big boss driven, combo driven world that Bayonetta is with so much style, like the music is awesome. Just the animation's really great. Um, definitely check this game out. Oh yeah. Like it, it looks like if you look at footage of it, it looks like a hack and slash game and it can be played that way, but it mm-hmm. is very deep. Um, with its combo system and its combat system, uh, you can really get pretty elaborate with the moves that you do there. So if you enjoy fighting games or action games, like this is a masterclass game. So definitely, definitely look into it, especially on Switch. Um, but furthermore, I want to hear about Faye. Yeah. Because I've played a little bit about it, but you've completed it. Yeah. yeah well, <laughs> that's, that's not like a, Take doesn't take too long to beat. So <laughs> okay. it's not like an accomplishment, I don't think. You were um, perching this week. Come on. Well, the game took me less than three hours. Oh wow! wow. To to beat to get to the credits. Are you playing oh. repeatedly? Uh, no. You okay. could you can probably spend another two or three getting all of the collectibles. Gotcha. Um, to be just completely frank, I wasn't blown away by it. Um, I uh, I and I apologize for this for people who are listening on Friday because. Uh, we're not completely done with the review as of recording this, so I don't have an exact score to give you yet, but you will right. already know the score in the future. Well, um, yeah, definitely but, go read the full review. Yeah, please do. It, but like, I'm, I think it's just an okay game. I think it's like really not anything amazing. It had the potential in my mind to be a pretty beautiful, um, like really subtle storytelling and all that. Mm-hmm. And it Uh-oh. feels like it oh. didn't, like that beautiful, really. Um, no, and, <laughs> Uh, it feels like it didn't quite live up to that. Like it feels even in its three-hour playtime, it felt – started getting real repetitive for me. So the, I've, I've had my eye on this one since it was first announced. I, th- I think it's a really, really pretty looking game. Mm-hmm. Um, can you kind of explain like what what the flow is like, what kind of genre this game is? Because it's it's like – is it an action platformer? Is it Zelda-ish? Like, No, it's like a platformer. It's just like a – basically just like a 3D platformer that's got some – and you know this word gets used a lot nowadays, but Metroidvania elements mm-hmm. where it's like – We're legally required to say it three times per episode. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but you do backtrack there. in it? You can backtrack. So there's a lot of moments where like you'll be going through – the levels are relatively linear with lots of collectibles and exploration to find within them in these kind of separated into areas. Mm-hmm. And so you can go through – through an area and there might be a collectible that like is just out of reach and then you'll get an ability later that will let you get to that thing. And those abilities are earned through interacting with animals and learning their songs? 
Do I have that correct? Yeah, kind of. You you can get there. You talk to animals and you sing with them and you bond with them and it's adorable. There's one point where I had like 15 little lizard dudes just like running around following me. And like that Video was, games. Yeah, that was like really charming. Uh, and then eventually you do end up learning the song. When you, Basically when you like beat an area, you get the song for that area and that lets you interact with the object of that area and then you can – do that going forward. So like one object might be like basically a, a little purple flower that turns into a jump pad or like an orange flower that turns into like a booster thing. Right. But the thing that really bugged me about it and one of the things that ultimately made me not like its platforming very much, like the platforming is very like very just fine, right? It's not bad. It's not great. And Would one, you put it above or below ukulele? Oh, that's really a good question. Or is it kind of sideways? Because when I played ukulele, it was right after I played Mario. I played them both on the Switch, Mario Odyssey. And I remember going back to ukulele and thinking like, oh, man, this is not as finely tuned of uh, platforming. And it yeah. really didn't feel good because Mario I was like – I think – so yeah. So I guess this, this is the distinction I make because I, I play a lot of platformers. Platformer is my favorite genre. And What did you think of Poi? Uh, I thought Poi was OK. It was very cute, rough around the edges yeah. but like in a charming way. Same. Um, did you play Hat in Time? Yes, I did yeah. too. Uh, okay. Also thought that we're on game the same was, page here. Yeah, that game was also like that game had charm out the wazoo, and like even that kind of like let me look over some of its like rougher, like mm-hmm. occasionally it'd get hitches and stuff like that. But it was just like adorable and fun. Um, it, compared to ukulele, the interesting thing I think is that like ukulele's platforming felt worse to me, mm. but I think it was trying to do more interesting things. Like this – the platforming in this feels fine. It, feel, it doesn't feel broken or anything. But like the things you're doing are just like, hey, you jump up some rocks and then you go to some other rocks. And like the key thing is all those singing abilities, none of them except for the exception of one very short segment, basically none of them require precision or timing at all. You just walk up to a flower and you tap the sing button and it opens and it's like that could have just been open. Right. right? Like mm-hmm. there's nothing that – it just feels like busy work almost. It feels it feels sort of amazing that decades into the the 3D platforming genre's life, uh, there it's still completely hit or miss to sit down, run around, and jump in mm-hmm. some of these games. Like that is such a it's such a thing we take for granted, and also like camera controls and stuff like that. And we're very spoiled by stuff like Odyssey and Galaxy, and even Mario 64. It was just such a great way to right out the gate be like, this is how it's done. Um, but you can kind of know within a few minutes, like. Whether or not you're going to fall in love with a 3D platforming game, just in the way that character navigates the world, just the jump, you press yeah. the jump button and you know. And yeah, this game it's has floaty kind of or like heavy or it yeah. has like a glide, right? There's a glide that you unlock about halfway through the three-hour game. That helps mm-hmm. immensely. It right? does. Yeah. Um, the the first ability you unlock, actually, I think you have to unlock it to progress through the game, is like a tree climbing, and that's the best part of the entire game, in my opinion. Like the tree climb is this adorable little scamper where you're like a little fox dude, and you can like really quickly hop up a tree and then like jump off it and glide and like that's the coolest part of the game and they like totally underutilize it and they totally use the like purple jump pad flower that just knocks you up to the next platform automatically like way more than the jump glide and right. like, i wish they had leaned into those parts of the game more um and they just kind of didn't it was a little disappointing where'd you settle on like a, the monochrome uh, aesthetic of the game. So I loved it at first and then it just got real repetitive. And the reason for that is that the environments don't really change very much. You're almost always in like a rocky mountainous place with the same exact tree model over and over and over again. And so like the color changing is really beautiful, but then you get to like the third area and it just like shifts in color again. And mm. like, you're not really like, there's one area that's like kind of a swamp, but like not really. And there's one area, the only area that feels really distinct is like a snowy area. And that's the coolest area in the game. And then every other Literally. level. 
haha. And then every other level just feels like a different color version it's of like the same level. Mm. But when the blocks turn green and blue, you're like, oh, this is getting harder. Yeah. <laughs> that's a that's kind of a bummer because I think when I first saw like the art direction of this game, I was like, I'm I'm really excited to see the artists sort of flex and see where they can take this. Yeah, like, there's not much flex. That kind of like weird low poly ge- geometry. The, the flexing happens in the creature design. And the creatures are really, really adorable and cute and charming. Like this game is it's one of those games where it's so easy and nowadays to just be like, this game's amazing or this game is terrible. This game is a very gray area, right? Like it's got a lot of things to like, it's got a lot of things that I really didn't like right i just kind of like settled on like a yeah it's fine Mm. it's an all right platformer what did you think of the um exploration like and just getting around that game i mean and i know you talked about movement but like were you compelled at all to like after you finished like to go back and 100 it or anything like that at first yes and then eventually no because the challenges the platforming once i realized that the platforming was like pretty uninteresting it got more just like tedious to go look for things. Mm. Yeah, it felt more like, okay, now I got to climb. Like, I see the thing, and I just got to climb up that thing. And if I miss one jump, I, like, kind of do it all over again. you falling way, way, way down yeah. or something. So you kind of have to repeat areas. Oh, so it's kind of punishing, too. It's a, not not always, but, like, when it is punishing, it's, it doesn't feel good at all. Does the, is, does the reward for 100%ing this game or finding all the collectibles or most of them, like, does that feel like a thing that's worth doing? Uh, I haven't gotten all of the collectibles yet, um, but it like that. So that's the scampering yeah. of the tree. Yeah, yeah. That, I, that's like the best part of the whole game. Right. Yeah. Um, I like the gliding cool. and scampering. You're right. Like that looks much more appealing than when I saw you like jumping between moving platforms. And then as soon as you like get on time. the ground, look how slow he's moving. Right. Like it's yeah. like you really don't move quick until you get onto a tree, and then it's like a way mm-hmm. fun game. And then you like hit the ground. And you're like, all right, again. Like it's it's very odd in that sense. Yeah, it's like this yeah. infamous or Assassin's Creed. Yeah. Like you always want to crawl to the top of something uh-huh. from there. God, I'm really, I'm yeah, I'm really, really fascinated in this one. This just like I don't know. It, it looks gorgeous, it appeals right? to me, yeah. and it kind of it. It's kind of a bummer to hear that it's just okay, but yeah. Um. yeah and there, there's this is definitely the type of game that I'm expecting. I will not be unanimously agreed with on. Like sure. I'm sure there's going to be people who play this and are like, "This is a beautiful game that touched me," and like I really love it. And I was just kind of like, "Eh, yeah, sure." Can you go go on the animal's legs and? climb up that one yeah that's the this guy actually that that's on screen right now is like the best segment in the entire game sweet um because it's basically shadow of the colossus you're yeah. like jumping from tree to tree on it uh and then they never do anything like cool. that yeah, that answers that my cool. question sweet yeah. cool now you know just play this uh, and how much is this game <laughs> Uh, I'm not actually sure. I think it's on Switch. It's twenty dollars. Okay. okay. Yeah. So, and you're watching Switch footage right now. So that is what it looks like when you're playing docked. Um, and I am. I played it undocked, and I will say it looks just as good undocked. Awesome. Yeah. yeah I, so. I feel like twenty bucks is a little more digestible price. For right. Something yeah. like that. Right. Also, something that we didn't no- note that I'll just mention real quick. Uh, visually, it's very pretty. Audio wise, music in that game is just out of the world. Oh, awesome. It's like really. That's. That's where it shines aesthetically more than anywhere else is the audio design and the music. This is great. Cool. Noted independent publisher, Electronic Arts, right? Oh, yeah. yes. Yeah, originals, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, yep. So uh, Faye is out, and you guys can check that out, $20. Um, but Sam, I want to hear about the Super NT. This? Huh. <laughs> where did that come that from? That was a very Reggie move of you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I've been reviewing. Fans around the world will this, remember the 2DS. Right? This is the Super <laughs> NT. It's by Analog, who notably made a, uh, a $500 or so uh, NES, which does different things than this. The, the point of this system 
is to play Super Nintendo cartridges. If you don't have Super Nintendo cartridges, if you're not interested in Super Nintendo cartridges and collecting them, then this is not for you. It doesn't play ROMs. doesn't do anything special. It has two games built in on it, but that's another story. I'll get mm. to that. This is just to play your old games, which may need to be cleaned. Um, <laughs> and uh, w- the problem with playing old games right now is that if you hook up your Super Nintendo to a HDTV, just to any of these TVs back here, anything you have, uh, you can do that. You can use like the cable hookup. Mm-hmm. It looks like crap, though. Like it, it, it has a varying degree of whether how well you adjust it uh, based on how well you adjust it of uh, fuzziness, right? And yeah, it shows like a, a weird like color bar, and then it'll just never look good. Yeah, uh, there's there's all kinds of stuff wrong with it. This is a, a Super Nintendo that plays Super Nintendo games uh, that hooks up to an HDMI port. That's what it does, and it does it really well. Nice, cool. So it's just plug and play, works right away, and it works with every Super Nintendo game yep. available. It, it, they they claim like maximum compatibility, which is. Here's what's important is that this thing thinks it's a Super Nintendo. Right. It, it's a chip that's programmed to think it's a Super Nintendo. It's not emulating anything. Don't say that too loud. You're going to break its heart. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, uh, everything in this is like if you put the right amount of pins in me, I will run it. And so you put a Super Nintendo game in, a Super Famicom game, a PAL Super Nintendo game, or any of these brand new like homebrew games. They all right. work in this. Mm. That will not happen with like say the Retron 5. Mm-hmm. Retron 5 has like a, a, a locked list of games that uh, using some kind of weird uh, wizardry, it plays. It doesn't do it the same way as this. Mm-hmm. And if you put in a new game in it, like uh, Capcom just released a brand new Street Fighter cartridge, that won't play in like a Retron, for instance, the Retron Five. Mm-hmm. It'll play in this because it just it, it'll play in any Super Nintendo. Oh wow! So, I mean, you have to you have to really think like, is this worth it for me to have in my shelf? And for me. It actually was yes. I don't have a. I have CRTs at home, but I, in my living room, I don't have an old television, and I still think that's the best way to play Super Nintendo games. Yeah, old CRT television. Hook up a Super Nintendo. That's always going to be the best way to play. That's how the artists intended their games to look. Right. They intended them to be a little bit rounded, to be a little bit blurred, and that's how they you know painted the pixels that you guys all know now. This puts things on your TV. It's very convenient, but they're square. And it's very clean, and like that's not what the games look like. That, mm-hmm. that, like, let's just get that out. Like, old games don't look like Shovel Knight, right? You know, Shovel right. Knight looks like Shovel Knight, right? And, and we're like, oh, those are cool pixelated graphics. That is not what old it's games. Pi- look it's like. pixel art, but it's like a different style or a different method of creating pixel yeah, art, yeah, right? Yeah. There's that, and then it's just presentationally, nothing was made as pixels. Like, like Shigeru Miyamoto didn't design Mario's face with a mustache on it to to look like. Uh, what we see it as when it's just like, you know, whatever, 20 by 20 pixels. Right. He yeah. thought, oh, this is going to be on a CRT screen. There's just an old television-like screen, like a bubble television screen that will blur it all together. And then you, your mind will fill in the blanks and you'll see a face with a mustache and a big nose and some eyes. But when you can see each individual pixel, I think you lose something. Mm-hmm. I think you, you lose the abstract quality of what the canvas was meant to show you. Also, sure. there's things with like uh, – uh, Pixels are square, and TVs aren't. They're four by three. That's a little bit wider than a square. Right. And so there's like things like that that, that you have to consider. Too. Um, controller-wise, uh, you're using original Super Nintendo controllers. Am, this also works with yeah. a number of different Super Nintendo controllers. That's right. It only has it only has Super Nintendo controller ports, like just like what you would put a Super Nintendo controller in. So you, you, whatever you plug into this, a Mario uh, Paint mouse, yeah, that's totally fine. Uh, anything you have uh, has to plug into those. And, and so your new, SNES Classic controllers can't touch. They this. definitely won't work in there. 
Uh, you can plug in um, the 8-bit dough controllers that match the color schemes for this. There's like a clear one, a gray one, a black one, and like a Super Nintendo colored one. Right. And so they, they, they partnered with the company to make these wireless controllers. And uh, I played with one of those. I'm not reviewing that or anything, but it's totally fine. I, I would stick with uh, – Super Nintendo controller. You're a hardwired kind of guy, right? I use Super. Yeah, it's just the buttons. Yeah, nobody gets it right. Mm-hmm. Even the, the the Super Nintendo uh, Classic Edition, like, is a little bit a little bit different for me, and uh, that's important. But again, I like collecting old things. I like collecting old cartridges. This is this is for me to play conveniently, and I think that's important. Yeah. Cool. Totally. Now I mentioned there's two games uh, built into this, which we- I'll mention quickly. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Super Turrican uh, Director's Cut and the Super Turrican Two. Those are Factor Five games, right. which is really cool because they made the Rogue Squadron series. Yeah, uh, yes. Those games, the uh, Director's Cut never came out because it's Director's Cut. Uh, but the both those games are uh, 16-bit era Factor Five games that are graphically really impressive. They have like rotating polygon-esque things or like a crazy soundtrack and stereo and uh, that team was like technically incredibly pro- proficient mm-hmm. and uh, you know the games are pretty fun they're kind of like a contra shoot up right it's like the european style contra i guess is what people were calling it but interesting i never heard that yeah in in europe <clears throat> contra is called probotector probotector i like contra more i, I like contra, you'll yeah, never forget yeah. that Contra flows off the, off the tongue a little yeah easier. a little bit better yeah yeah probotector sounds like a um, disease or a medicine <laughs> you guys remember the Probotector code, right? Yeah. The, the classic. Classic. <laughs> classic Konami 30-man Probotector code. Yep. All right. Well, um, unfortunately, we ran out of time for question block this week, but we're going to double it up next week. Okay, I'll make it up to you guys. I promise I've got some good questions. You've been sending in amazing questions, so please keep doing so. But, um, yeah, that's our show this week. Thank you guys so much for watching, listening. We're a weekly show here on IGN, um, and but we're also available on YouTube, so definitely make sure you're subscribed to that or any of your favorite podcasting services um, if you aren't already. And uh, have a great day. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.